Simple Beep, Episode 62, Emoji Easter Eggs. Hello, and welcome to Simple Beep, a podcast looking back at the history of Apple and the Mac community. I'm Ed Cormany. And I'm Brian Satorius. And this episode is coming on the heels of World Emoji Day. That was our inspiration. And we started looking into the topic of emoji, which seems like a fairly recent addition to our digital lives, and found out that at least in Apple's version of Emoji, there's a lot of history. But before we delve into that history, of course, there is follow-up. And one thing that came across recently, I forget exactly where we saw this link, uh, but there was a recent article on The Atlantic, which was basically just a repub of a 1995 Macworld article, And it was called What Apple Thought the iPhone Might Look Like in 1995. And for us and the show, this is a follow-up to episode 55, where we did the wild Apple prototypes. And now that I see this, I think this was actually one of the articles that I was looking for when we were prepping that show, and I didn't find. So I found the one with the frog design concepts, uh, Enterprise and Galileo, those wacky green and wooden prototypes that Macworld made, I think it was in 97, and they commissioned those on their own. And at least according to this article, which uh, is available on the Internet Archive, so we can link it directly there, these were prototypes that were actually created inside Apple by the Apple design team, and then were, quote, made available to Macworld to showcase as, you know, concepts for the future. They were basically things that the design team had gone through and rejected for one reason or another, mostly of, you know, practicality. These were these kind of pie-in-the-sky concepts. And there are some fun ones in here, and definitely some of the ones that I remembered and was thinking of when we were looking at the ones in that earlier episode. Uh, There's one uh, that—so the article on The Atlantic was all about the iPhone, because this was coming on the uh, around the same time as the iPhone 10th anniversary. But I think the most interesting things in here are some of the desktops and the Newtons. Uh, so there's a desktop that's got a swivel arm LCD display that is a lot like the iMac G4 that actually wound up having that kind of design. There are lots of other uh, LCD display Uh, desktops, some that look more like a 20th anniversary Mac, some that don't. One of them, one thing that I think is particularly interesting is uh, the one that's on the cover page or the front page of this article is a flat panel desktop. And it says, hey, if we use laptop components, we can make a smaller desktop machine. And well, here I am sitting in front of an iMac in 2017. It worked. (laughs) One other thing that uh, I think is totally wild is a page of Newton concepts, and these remind me a lot of uh, like the Game Boy Pocket when they went to uh, all the crazy colors. And the notion here was like they would diversify the Newton line and have ones for different purposes. The one that cracks me up, though, again on the like gaming theme, is there. W- there's one that is blue and is supposed to be designed for for gaming. And the article says, if you have one of these, the Game Freak, uh, people would have no doubt that you're a serious video game player. Except this device is bright blue, has a game pad off to the side, uh, like a directional pad in a place that makes no sense. And then at the top of it has uh, molded into the plastic there's like a fake like break, like something is bursting through the plastic. And it's it's a bunch of little, 
outlines of buildings, like apartment buildings or skyscrapers, and it says, Big City. (laughs) Um, So it's a totally wacky design. But then, actually, I thought the funny thing about this, especially the take that The Atlantic took on it, of, hey, this is what Apple thought the iPhone would look like back in 95. Well, that's on the next page. It's a flip phone that's a Newton. That's not really all that exciting. But if you've ever just been sort of like people watching in the airport or at a sports event or something, and you see people using their iPhones or sometimes Android phones with cases, I have seen cases that look a lot like this. I've seen things that have turned people's nice small iPhones into giant uh, Hello Kitty things and just have these like huge protuberances off the top. And that's exactly what this looks like. Big city. It actually is that this wild Newton prototype that really went nowhere, that didn't even have any sort of uh, future analog as an Apple product, is probably the closest thing to a tech product that you would actually see out in the universe today. I like that uh, one of the Newton prototypes that is supposed to resemble or pretend an an iPhone is said to be based on a sketch drawn by then CEO, John Scully. So I can only imagine like he'd like to think that he was Steve Jobs. Like he had the idea, the vision, make this happen, but it's yeah, never went anywhere. Well, I mean, he was one of the lead people on, on the Newton. He was, he was shaping the design of that product. Um, And you know, some may argue that that's actually one of the reasons that Steve Jobs canned it when he came back is more the association with Scully than the benefits or lack thereof in the technology. It was like this this just has this just has baggage. It has to go. Another piece of follow up this time in follow up to our episode fifty eight about old classic Mac games uh, completely playable in browser at the Internet Archive. There's another site and an accompanying Patreon for VintageAppleMac.com, and uh, it's run by this guy, Stephen Cole, who apparently has you know salvaged a whole bunch of software. I think he says something like 30 gigabytes of classic macOS software, which you know represents a lot. Over 4,000 titles or something like that? Yeah. So not only is he uh, cataloging them and making them available at his site, vintageapplemac.com, but he's actually working with the Internet Archive to make some of them available in their in-browser emulation. So you can be a patron of all of his efforts at anywhere from $1 a month uh, up to 20 bucks or more a month. And uh, so if you're, if you're getting a lot of joy out of playing those games or browsing HyperCard Stacks or the Ambrosia Times over at the Internet Archive, consider tossing a couple bucks Stephen's way. And of course, consider donating to the Internet Archive itself as well. Yes. They're doing uh, lots of good work in the news as we record this have been their efforts to uh, save things from the certain doom of SoundCloud. Uh, so they they are doing lots of work both with uh, classic stuff and current stuff. Yeah. So speaking of things that span the gap between classic and current, it comes to the topic of this episode. So... We missed it by a little bit. July 17th was celebrated as World Emoji Day, and apparently this is uh, this has been going on for three or four years now that the people at Emojipedia have been celebrating this day as a general celebration of emoji across all platforms, but there's a special reason that it's celebrated on July 17th. Well, the obvious reason is that on many of the little calendar emoji, 
the date that is there is July 17th. But that's not arbitrary. And actually, on some other platforms, it's a different date. But in Apple's set of emoji, it's July 17th. And if you use a Mac, you know that the calendar application also, when it's not running, shows a default of July 17th. And the reason for this is that July 17th, 2002 is actually the day that iCal was introduced. So at that time, the day of the announcement, that was put on the icon uh, as it was shown on stage, I believe at a Macworld convention at that point, Macworld Expo. Yeah, in the summer. While, while Macworld Expo in the summer still existed and we weren't over into, uh, into WWDC being the primary summer event. And so it matched the day that the demonstration was given, but then it also became the default. And it's persisted all this time. But one of one of the interesting things about this is just like the attention to detail that you would kind of expect from Apple. So in the entire set of emoji, there are three things that look like a calendar. They're called calendar, spiral calendar, and tear-off calendar. And ironically, if you zoom in on these, one of them has little torn holes on it, and that's the one that's not called tear-off calendar. Uh, so that attention to detail, I don't know. But they look like, you know, sort of a, a classic paper calendar like you might see on a wall in an office where it's just a day per, and each day you would rip it off. And so, you know, under July 17th, you tear off a page and it'd be July 18th. But if you look at these, it's a very, you know, real world I won't say skeuomorphic, you know, it's supposed to be representing an object, it's not interface. Like, it's a picture of an object. But it's it looks very much like these real-world objects. And on those type of calendars, they would often have just the date in big letters so you could see it from across the room, but then have the month laid out so you could see the days of the week for the rest of the month, provide some context. And if you zoom way in, as we're going to do on a whole bunch of emoji later in this episode, <laughs> you can see all the dates, uh, the days of the month for July. And the first day of the month is a Monday, which puts the 17th on a Wednesday because July 17th, 2002 was a Wednesday. Great detail. So finding that little detail was what led me down the rabbit hole of, you know, I've I've always looked at uh, the icons that ship with macOS for Easter eggs. We've talked about, we did a episode on Easter eggs, and I thought, there's got to be a lot more in here that uh, are some little hidden gems that the team at Apple who designs these, uh, who does the design on Emoji have included and it turns out that yes there there are many of them but you do have to often zoom way way in but the thing is in the era of retina and in having emoji go from the phone to the desktop you can actually blow these up pretty big they're not as big as like a macOS retina icon which at 2x is what like 1028 pixels square these go up into into like the 100 or 200 pixel square range but that's still a lot of room for detail, obviously more than like a classic 32 by 32 icon. Before we get to emoji where kind of the, the details are in these zoomed in levels, or you have to know a little bit of history, there are some emoji in Apple's emoji set that are pretty obviously little hat tips to things within the company. And specifically, these are in the like objects and devices category where emoji for products and objects that Apple manufactures and sells 
sure, they look like the Apple versions of those things instead of a generic. And so you've got a laptop computer, which looks like a recent MacBook with its very wide trackpad. Uh, you've got the desktop computer looking like an iMac, the keyboard looking like the Magic Keyboard, the mouse looking like the Magic Mouse. Or looking like not much at all frequently. If if you have it on white at normal font sizes, it's almost invisible. And the watch is not a mechanical wristwatch. It's the Apple Watch. And the mobile phone emoji are, of course, iPhones. Yeah, one thing interesting detail that I noticed on the iPhone is that if you zoom way in, it's got the the camera, the little proximity sensor, the, the microphone, you know, the earpiece, speaker, touch ID ring, everything is just so. And even down to the icons, there's a grid of icons like you would expect on Springboard. And if you look really closely, uh, I was comparing this to screenshots before we started recording, and they are actually in a default app arrangement, like if you bought got an iPhone out of the box and set it up brand new. However, they're color-coded because they're not uh, you know, way too small to actually represent the icons. They're just little colored squares. But they're color-coded, and the layout matches the iOS 8 default layout. So they may be uh, due for an update. Like you can see uh, along the dock row, you've got uh, green, blue, blue, and then dark orange. So that would be for phone mail, safari, and music. But now the music icon is predominantly white as of iOS 9. So a couple generations behind if they want to be really up to date on their super nitpicky details. And then there are a few more emoji in the the people section where some Apple products make an appearance. Uh, I think all of these are from a recent Unicode emoji revision um, there's one that's the, the selfie. There's an arm extended holding a phone and it's an Apple iPhone. And then there's the officially named woman or man technologist. Seasoned technologist. And, uh, I know that I vaguely know the process of, uh, emoji, uh, proposals that go through the Unicode consortium and, and, and everything. And so they do offer guidance on what uh, an accepted emoji symbol should look like. But it seems that for technologists, everyone has standardized around the uh, the man or the woman behind a laptop. Yeah, kind of peeking out like, hello. Yeah. And what's interesting is that uh, the laptop emoji is updated to be like a very modern MacBook. Uh, these technologists are using like the previous generation MacBook Pro, which would have had a, a silver lid with a lit up Apple on the back. Yeah, maybe in another couple of years, they'll update their grid of icons and turn that into a uh, into a metallic Apple logo for the technologists. <laughs> so yeah, all of those devices are, are pretty obvious that Apple puts their own spin on them, as do other manufacturers. But let's now get into... Uh, into the weeds and into zooming emoji up to sizes where that were never imagined, especially if you go all the way back in the history of emoji to, was it the original was like Docomo, the Japanese uh, telco that first allowed emoji in text messages. They were like eight by eight pixel art or something like that. And now they're these huge, rich images that give you, that give their designers the opportunity to hide lots and lots of things in them. 
so we're, we're going to go more or less in order through the Unicode code points and the order that you would see these in a typical emoji picker, with some exceptions. So I was going through these, and the very first one that struck me uh, was actually in the transport section, which was something that I uh, I wouldn't have expected. People have noted that they're, uh, I think because Japan and their transport infrastructure, there's like a million train emojis. And one of them is called Metro, and it shows like the front of a subway car pulling through a tunnel. And on the top of this subway car, there's a sign that indicates uh, probably the line that this train is supposed to be running on, and it says IL2. And almost certainly IL2 there stands for Infinite Loop 2, building number two. And... I don't know for certain, but I can only surmise that the design team that put together this lovely picture of a subway car works there. I like that. Moving along in the transport category, there's the bus stop emoji, which originally and probably in the Unicode guidance is modeled after bus stop signs in Japan. Again, the original emoji set came from Docomo, a Japanese corporation, and so that would only make sense. Aren't they just like a red circle on top of a on top of a post? Like something that I wouldn't necessarily recognize as clearly showing bus stop in the US. I've heard people refer to them even as uh Pepsi logos cuz sometimes they have a, a red hemisphere and a blue hemisphere with a, a white stripe through the middle. And some manufacturers still stylize their bus stop emoji in this way in accordance with tradition. Uh but Apple's was modeled after what bus stop signs look like in Cupertino, their headquarters city. And the particular emoji for bus stop in Apple products and operating systems today has a whole bunch of bus lines on it. And we tried to see, like, is are these representative of certain bus lines that maybe pass by Infinite Loop or Apple Park? I was also looking for, like, hidden messages written in hexadecimal and things like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it doesn't seem like there's any hidden message or direct correlation to actual Cupertino bus routes, but uh, the the likeness and the, the sign decoration is at least in accordance with how they look in Cupertino. Yeah, I was looking up the uh, regional transport infrastructure there, and I think the 23 actually does run by... Uh, does run near infinite loop, but that's just one of the one of the numbers listed here. Another transport related emoji is the one titled motorway, and this is a, a three lane highway converging on a, a vanishing point on the horizon with a highway sign over it, and this appears to be an exit sign for yes Cupertino. <laughs> yeah, it's just got kind of like an arrow pointing. It says Cupertino in all caps. It's nice that this kind of dovetails with the iOS icon, or I guess, and macOS icon for the Maps app has always been uh, kind of like the overhead of the the Maps app where Apple's headquarters is. Initially, it was Infinite Loop, and recently it's been uh, the 280 freeway in Cupertino near Apple Park. Yeah, and we aren't going to look too much at the other vendors variations on emoji but one thing that i think is interesting is that of of all of them listed on emojipedia google microsoft samsung facebook twitter etc etc only only apple uh had the pride to put 
their hometown on the sign for for the motorway emoji. Everyone else just has a line or a dot or something like that. Uh, similar to what you just said, the calendar one is interesting because a lot of companies have swapped out July 17th for the date where maybe their company was founded or a certain feature came online. Emojipedia is a really good resource for digging into the trivia of many emoji. One more that's uh, close at heart to Apple, if not super geographically close, and Brian, you noticed this one, is there's there's an emoji that the specification for it is National Park. And boy, you could go a lot of directions with that, especially because this is supposed to be some sort of outdoor scene, like every every single one of them uh, across vendors has some kind of waterfall or trees or something like that. But of course, uh, for Apple, they've chosen a site in Yosemite. It's a picture of Half Dome, which of course you've probably seen in giant retina view on your desktop uh, when you installed Yosemite uh, a couple years ago. But yeah, it's Apple's favorite national park, so why would they put anything else for that? It, I don't know if I've told this story on the show before, but Apple loves Yosemite so much and, you know, has all the way back to the G3, blue and white G3 tower that was codenamed Yosemite. They love it so much, it always shows up somewhere in marketing materials or actual product names, whatever, that I was convinced that Yosemite was much, much closer to the Bay Area. <laughs> So last year, we were planning a trip to the Bay Area, and it's like, hey, maybe we should go spend a couple days in Yosemite. It's like right there, isn't it? And no, it's like a four-hour drive away. It's pretty far inland, but Apple, just through their like constant photos and depictions of beautiful Yosemite, and like it's the place that everyone at Apple loves to go, just convinced me that it was like you know a one-hour drive from Cupertino. It is not. Again, I think the Emojipedia page for National Park is particularly worth looking at because you can see how many other vendors have decided to illustrate the concept of a national park. A lot of them are very generic, but man, Samsung, which is notorious for copying Apple, has a view of Yosemite that's a little more zoomed out than the one on Apple's with Half Dome on the right and El Capitan on the left. And I think they have much less, if any, claim to do so. Yeah, they've got the same trees and everything. <laughs> All right, let's move on to another section of emoji, I think the objects section. Um, first, we're going to knock out a whole bunch. There are a whole bunch of clock emojis, and this isn't counting the ones that are supposed to be clock faces uh, illustrating certain times, which go by their names, like two o'clock, three o'clock, etc. Yeah, every half hour. <laughs> there are four clock emoji that show uh, analog clock faces. The first is the watch. We've already covered this. There's also one called alarm clock, the kind of traditional with the two bells at the top, mantelpiece clock, and timer clock. And all four of these clock faces, um, the time depicted is 10.09 and uh, for two of them, 30 seconds. And we'll get into the importance of specific times in just a minute. We've already talked about how July 17th, 2002 was a very specific time, and that's why it's on there. And so when people started to notice, hey, all the clocks are at this specific time, is it because of something like, is it when the Apple Watch was announced in its 
run in that particular keynote. That's not necessarily the case. Um, there is a tradition in watch marketing to put the hands at 10-10 because it kind of nicely frames where the logo will be on the watch face kind of below 12 o'clock. Yeah, it doesn't cover up the complications either, usually. And so some people started posting these articles like, hey, 1009, that just means Apple's, you know, like ahead of the curve. They're they're being smarmy about it. They're, you know, they're faster. They're a minute ahead. I like the take at the Loop Insight, uh, loopinsight.com. Instead of saying that it is a 1009 to be ahead of, you know, to be ahead of every other watch that it would be at 1010. Actually, if the way that analog watch faces work, that if um, if the time was 1010, the hour hand wouldn't be exactly at the 10 mark because it would already be creeping towards the 11. So this theory is that Apple chose 1009 because it's actually closer to being symmetrical uh, how far the hour and the minute hand are from 12 o'clock. That's what I'm going to go with. Well, that would also explain putting the second hand at 30 because it's obviously symmetrical because it's pointing exactly straight down. Yeah. So on Emojipedia, you can also uh, you can also click on a particular vendor's emoji and see previous versions. And if you go back to iOS 9.1, then the alarm clock was a different color, and it actually showed a time of non-existent time because the hour hand is between 7 and 8, and the minute hand is pointing directly at 12. Um, but then in iOS 10.2, or perhaps a little bit earlier, uh, those are just the reference points that they have. In iOS 10.2, they started doing the 10.09 thing. So I do think that this was um, really an effect of releasing the Apple Watch and making this conscious decision around 10.09. They hadn't really thought about it before that point, but then they went to uh, to 10.09. And just to show like how indoctrinated I am, I was watching uh, the Open Championship, or as we call heathens here in the U.S. call it, the British Open golf tournament this past weekend. And of course, Rolex is a sponsor because, you know, um, fancy watches, fancy golfers, making lots of money by hitting a golf ball around. And so they were showing ads on the broadcast. And at the end of the ad, they would show a big picture of the watch. And it was at exactly, um, again, sort of that artificial time, uh, 10, 10, exactly. Um, you know, sort of like with the hands moved independently of each other. And I was like, that looks slightly wrong. Thanks, Apple. You've, you've ruined, <laughs> you've ruined me. I'm on, I'm on team 1009 for forever now. <laughs> nice. Continuing on the theme of exact times, let's move on to something that you wouldn't necessarily would expect would have this kind of uh, very specific time on it. If you go further into the objects, you get into all of these sort of paper and office goods, and there are ones for, there's a ticket emoji. And if you zoom in, it says live concert ticket, and then it's got a little musical notes like an iTunes icon or perhaps like an emoji inside an emoji, uh, the little musical notes, and that says Zone A. And then at the bottom, it says January 9, 9.41 p.m. And so this is an interesting little combination of Apple history with the practicalities of designing this particular emoji, which is, this is in fact a special precise time for Apple that they like to 
hide in certain things here and there. And this is allegedly the exact moment at which the iPhone was unveiled. January 9th, 9.41 a.m. Pacific Time, as that keynote was delivered. And so I guess someone wanted to work that into the design here, but then thought, wait a minute, this is a concert ticket. Who goes Who goes to a music concert at 9.41 a.m.? I mean, who has a concert that starts like on a particular minute ever? But they decided that they had to change it to p.m. because that would be a more plausible time. There's another ticket officially named admission ticket. And these are kind of like the spool of tickets you might get at a raffle or something like that. And it says admit one. And then there is a string of numbers along the side. And the string of numbers is 01071982, which could correspond to January 7th, 1982. But we did kind of our, our cursory searches and it didn't seem like there's anything directly related to Apple that occurred on that day. The Commodore 64 was released and it's a it's an important landmark in uh, the, the home computer industry. So maybe Apple's paying a little bit of homage to a, a different machine with this one, or there's something that we have missed. Yeah, I was just looking in the uh, in the timeline for this, and like, <laughs> if you go in Mac Tracker, which is pretty comprehensive and you know a tool that we rely on a lot, there's a timeline feature, and you can click on any year and see the products that were released in that year. And I figured 1982, there's got to be something. You know, it's still the height of the Apple II era and that kind of thing. Now, maybe one of those models was released then. You click on 1982, and literally the only thing listed in that year is the Apple dot matrix printer, not perhaps their their finest legacy piece of work. It's not even the image writer. It's the dot matrix printer. Right. If it was the image writer, they could, they could at least be proud of it. Uh, th- this is clearly not what is being referred to in the, the little raffle ticket. <laughs> so those Easter eggs are based on... You know, very small snippets of text that are present uh, as part of the design of these emoji. And there are some emoji that lend themselves to having a longer piece of text on them. Like I said, I, I kind of think of this as the like office goods section of the emoji picker, where you have all of these different kinds of things that have uh, pages full of text on them. And going by their official Unicode names, there are things like page with curl, page facing up, bookmark tabs, memo, clipboard, open book. And much like the icons on OS X have had from uh, pretty much the beginning, there is a famous text that fills up. You know, it's not just lines. It's not uh, lorem ipsum. Uh, the text that fills these pages is, here's to the crazy ones. Yeah, some of the single-page documents manage to fit the the entire contents of the text, and some of them are cut off, like page with curl, you know, the bottom of the edge of it is curling up, or the memo is, is meant to be more handwritten than typed out, so there's not room for the whole thing. Yeah, and the ones that have the full text, they're actually written, uh, they're written like a letter, and it begins, Dear Kate, and then it has two paragraphs of, here's to the crazy ones, and then it says, Take care. John Appleseed. My favorite one of these, though, is one that I hadn't mentioned yet. And I think that this is actually a relatively recent addition to the emoji set. And it's called Scroll. And so it's supposed to look, you know, like an old 
archaic scroll of paper. And uh, so it's it's brown, like it's old and uh, weathered. And um, you would think that, you know, the the like memo has like a handwriting font so you'd think that it might be something like that you know a manuscript that was uh copied over by hand but no this brown scroll has same text here's to the crazy ones in papyrus <laughs> font which i just have to think that the person who snuck that in ha- had so much glee at that because like apple would never put papyrus font on anything <laughs> if someone is still just like trying to hide that under the radar sorry if we outed you <laughs> it's got to be on purpose because it's like one of the laziest design choices and nobody makes lazy design choices at apple the last one of these uh that has extended text is the emoji for a newspaper and this one is a little bit different no here's to the crazy ones here it's a newspaper uh as you would expect it to look uh you know folded over a uh, broadsheet newspaper uh, with a big header logo and two-column design. The name of the newspaper is the Apple Times. It has a logo at the top that it appears to be a copy of the eagle emoji, shrunk down really small. The uh, top story on the Apple Times seems to be a volcano eruption, which is actually the image of the volcano emoji uh, turned into black and white and put on this newspaper. And then there is no headline. It does say top news. I'm kind of disappointed that it doesn't say hot news. Oh, yeah. Like the old feature on Apple.com. But then here, and I think that this is, again, like a deliberate nod to newspaper production. The t- the um, the content of the article is standard lorem ipsum, Dolores Sidomet, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, text, not here's to the crazy ones. And that's... Pres- Probably because, you know, there are people at Apple who uh, worked on newspapers uh, and were familiar with using that and know that that is like a specific trope for newspaper production or print production and decided that that was the better choice there. And you mentioned that in appearances of the here's to the crazy ones text that appears like a letter, it's signed by John Appleseed. Apple's favorite fictional person. Sometimes he calls you on your phone. Sometimes he writes you letters. Sometimes he owns objects that are in the emoji set. That's right. So we're going to highlight a couple of those right now. The first is a credit card. So if you want to steal John Appleseed's credit card number, you can zoom way far in to see the backside of the credit card number and kind of... 56960005. I'm not making this up. 77537333. Yep. So it's a MasterCard. Oh, and his CVV number is 448. Another part of someone's identity is their contact information. There is an emoji for card index, which uh, appears a lot like the classic Rolodex. A delightfully apocryphal emoji. Probably one of the least used. And this emoji, um, it like I said, it, it has one of the contact cards flipped up so you can see it. And this one is not for John Appleseed, but perhaps one of his relatives, Jane Appleseed. And her, it's got an, uh, a space for her photo, which is the kind of standard emoji face, uh, a woman's face. And one of the other details that you can see is that her email address is appleseed at me.com. She got that email address a long time ago. And the rest of her contact information is kind of a mix of clear gibberish and some, you know, like ties to Apple. 
Uh, her street address is 123 Main Street. She lives in city name, California. <laughs> but her zip code is 95014, which is the zip code for Cupertino. And her phone numbers may be 1234567 or something similar. Um, but her area code is 408, the same area code that she would have in Cupertino. It's funny how they combine the like deliberate references with just like, I don't know, just fill in something. I don't know. Put a city name. <laughs> city name, California. <laughs> and finally, in the work of John Appleseed, there are many books. Uh, the first one is red and it's called Closed Book in the Unicode parlance. There's also Green Book, Blue Book, and Orange Book. And all of these are authored by John Appleseed if you zoom in. The Closed Book, the red one, is volume one. Green is volume two, blue volume three, and orange is volume four. A very prolific author. One last thing that has a, a tie between operating systems here, not uh, not all the way back to the classic Mac, unfortunately, although that would be super cool, um, is there's an emoji for wastebasket, and it is a side view of a wire office trash can or wastebasket, much like appeared in macOS 10 for years and years. But at this point, that is the old style OS 10 trash can because uh, once Johnny got on the scene and waved his magic whitening wand, uh, the trash can turned to white translucent plastic, as we now see it in the dock in macOS. And uh, that is another one of these that I would say is probably like ripe for updating. You know, some. Someone, uh, when they have like a free Friday afternoon, is going to get around to that, and uh, it'll show up. But at this point, if you're still, uh, if you're nostalgic for the wire trash can, not going all the way back to the like corrugated, uh, corrugated aluminum outdoor trash can of the classic Mac, then you can find it in the emoji picker. That more or less brings us to the end of the list of deliberate Easter eggs, at least that we were able to find in Apple's emoji set. But no discussion of Apple's emoji set would be complete without at least acknowledging the huge controversy around the pistol emoji. That is its official title. Pretty much everyone else has decided that it's a gun, like gun that shoots metal bullets that kill you. Like often a revolver. Right, because it's called pistol, and that's that describes a specific type of firearm. But uh, what was it, about a year ago when Apple updated their emoji set in 2016? Yeah, the betas for iOS 10, you know, it started sneaking in here and then it was confirmed in the, the final release. Yep. Apple turned it into a bright green plastic water pistol, uh, like the cheap kind that you had when you were a little kid that could like shoot water three feet. Very much the opposite of a gun that kills you. Now, I don't think we have to talk about it here. There are no Easter eggs on the little water pistol, uh, but I felt like it had to be mentioned. And if you uh, want like hours and hours and hours of discussion about this emoji, uh, just search, I don't know, go to Google and type in Apple Gun Emoji Podcast, and you will turn up tons of things from last year. Have at it. When I was looking at the Emojipedia's page for the water pistol controversy, which again, we don't need to discuss here. There's a similar, albeit much less important controversy where one vendor's interpretation of a certain emoji being different from everybody else's really changed 
a certain message, and that is the cookie emoji. And I guess if you go through like cookie and biscuit, you know, like what Americans might think of a cookie, like a sweet thing with chocolate chips, um, cookie, I guess, can also mean something like a cracker. Or maybe it's because like biscuit means cookie. So cookie means, I don't know. A digestive biscuit in, in the UK kind of thing. Yeah. So uh, Samsung's emoji for cookie looks more like a salty cracker. And when the Cookie Monster Twitter account decided to celebrate World Cookie Day with emojis, all the Samsung users were like, what is he talking about? <laughs> Me love saltines. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, not on the same scale as uh, Apple's pistol emoji being something that looks harmless, while everyone else's looks like a very real gun. Uh, But it just goes to show that emojis are, at this point, an international language that have their own, I guess, for lack of a better word, dialects or (laughs) representations. And you have to be careful when you're bridging those gaps. Yeah, one final piece of the history to sort of tie this up is... Uh, If you don't follow Steve Troutensmith on Twitter and you love Apple history and people breaking iOS or either one of those things, both of those things, you should definitely follow him. And uh, he was talking about uh, emoji stuff as World Emoji Day came and went. And I didn't know that he was the person who was responsible for this, but he he posted this kind of uh, like, hey, I guess this might have been all caused by me tweet, I'll link it in the show notes, um, that apparently he was the first person, because he's a renowned iOS tinkerer, he was the first person to find the flag in iOS settings that if you flipped the bit, it would make the emoji keyboard available regardless of what language your phone was set to, um, and in all applications. So it was like the emoji everywhere hack. And basically because this got out, it's it's not a ridiculous hypothesis that his action in, I think it was 2008, uh, kind of forced Apple's hand where emoji was kind of a hidden feature and a regional feature just limited to Japanese keyboards. And then uh, by unlocking it to the English-speaking world and the rest of the world uh, through this undocumented feature, it was like, okay, every. Everybody loves this. They want their these smiley faces, and we have to include it as an official feature. And, of course, then that was right at the time where uh, the iPhone was really taking off in popularity, um, sort of in your 3G, 3GS era. I think in iOS 4 was when emoji support across languages was officially introduced, and uh, the rest is history. Uh, it's... Like I said, it's sort of a relatively short history, and this stuff moves really fast. So it's interesting to see how things change both in the technology and how we use it, uh, and then also to dig in deeper and find these connections to Apple's greater history. Uh, It's one of those good reminders that basically everything that they do builds on and looks back to things that they've done in the past. Yes. So that concludes our roundup of Emoji Easter Eggs in Apple's emoji set. Uh, Of course, we're expecting that maybe in iOS 11 or 11.1, this year's batch of emoji will get added. Actually, Apple, uh, 
they they showed some of the official art for that just recently. Uh, we'll link to that in the notes as well. So you know, as the as the set ever expands, there's more opportunities for these Easter eggs to get added, slid into the slid into your keyboard. And of course, uh, we think that we got pretty much everything. But if we missed something or misinterpreted some uh, some little hidden message in the emoji, please let us know, and we'll, we'll cover it and follow up in a future show. You can either leave us feedback by going to our website, simplebeep.com, or of course, you can find us on Twitter, where you can tweet lots of emoji at us, at simple underscore beep. We are also individually on Twitter. I'm at Bisuto, B-S-U-T-O. And I'm at ecormany, E-C-O-R-M-A-N-Y. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.